Hello, and welcome to The Deep Thought. My name is Samantha Jolene, and I will be co-hosting alongside my friend and fellow deep thinker, Gersa Mersing. The Deep Thought is where two minds meet and present perspectives from lived and learned experiences. We will discuss, question, extrapolate, and synthesize any and all things. Our minds are the only limit. So this podcast is intended to be an unfolding process. We will begin with a thought and follow it as far as we can in a spontaneous and honest way. Our intention is to show up just as we are and speak our authentic truth. We will talk about things that are relevant to us, to the world, to the universe, to the multiverse, and our place within it. So pretty much anything is subject to the deep thought treatment. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing today? Um, okay. How are you? I am doing all right. Yes. Mm. What have you been up to this last week or two? Yeah, well, not, nothing much. Like, uh, uh, it was all work last week, seven days. Plus, I shot for a movie, a little part. And this week, not much work. But, yeah, it's been good. How have you been? Okay. Um, I'm kind of interested in what movie you shot for can i ask like what what part was it what did oh, you do well uh it was a uh, is a movie that is being made one of by one of the local filmmakers who's a professor at the college in film program so uh, he was actually making a movie of a distant future in a kind of a post-apocalyptic world where like you know corrupt and rich have taken over and uh, the others uh, are just trying to survive and f form an organized group so that they can uh, get through what they want. So I'm one of those, uh, I'm a part of one of those groups that is uh, organized into a kind of an armed rebellion group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I am the leader. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, uh having this commanding and loud voice and the the scene being shot of was of me saying the, telling the instructions about our next uh, uh operation and why is it important and what we what do we need to do and like this is the danger that if we stay and this is the danger if we move so but we have to do it kind of stuff Okay. Did you yeah. like pull any inspiration from anybody or any other films that you've seen or? Uh, well, hard to say, because uh, what, mm. what I usually did was like, I listened to a lot of music that, you know, inspired me, inspired me in the sense, you know, that motivates you in a fiery way. Hmm. I drew some motivation from uh, the history that I know of from my own religion, back history. Plus, I listened to the music 
I'll let you an inside thing. I listen to a lot of Terminator 3. Really? Yeah. So is it like, is that like epic music? Like, yeah. Oh the, my goodness. The, you, have you heard about the Terminator series, right? Uh, no, but I might, I know that there's, there'd be a soundtrack of yeah. these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is like one theme and it actually, you know, when you hear it, I don't know if you're much of a music person, but when I hear it, it actually gives me fiery motivation. So of the visuals that I have in my head, plus that music. So just to prepare for that role, just to, you know, get into that mental energy, into that zone. I I, I heard a lot of that music and it helped. It like, you know, changed the mental condition completely. Mm. Oh, yeah. Music is super powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you reminded me of when I was in Australia mm -hmm. and I was traveling by myself and I, yeah, was, had a lot of fear. So sometimes there'd be sometimes where I just like would have like fear paralysis where I just didn't know what to do, where to go. And there was no one I could lean on or ask, you know, to help me. Cause it was, it was all entirely me. So I ended up tapping into some, my music repertoire mm -hmm. and I mostly found like electronic music that basically makes your life feel like an epic movie. <laughs> so I totally like understand why you listen to the Terminator because, because then it's your own soundtrack. So you hear it and then you see your world in front of you. And then you are like emphasizing your, your character in the world. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I can do it. There's this like a part of it that that feeds your soul and it's like, yes, you know, take that step, like, you know, walk with the music. There's also mm -hmm. like that motivating like rhythm or beat, especially if it's more steady and then like loud or um, quicker Then that gets you gets you moving as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many times where I've used music to help me motivate myself. It's a really good example, actually. Like, there's some, there's an override quality to it, actually. Yep, absolutely. Like, uh, there, there's so many kinds of music, and every other music has its own feel. Like, there's music that can like motivate you, give you a fiery motivation. Do you know? Just go do it. Come what may, like a warrior. And then there's music that you know you listen to, and you you might not be there but you feel like you're sitting in a in an open field there's the sun is out and the wind is blowing and you're just sitting there and the wind is just going through your hair and there's also like music which you know you listen to when you're feeling sad it, and and it, it actually you know comforts you to with the sadness like sadness in itself it's some kind of grief it is not uh the best uh thing to be with all the time say someone some, a near one's death a breakup it's not a one of the most beautiful feelings in the world it's one of the might be the mo most ugliest feelings when that happens but listening to that music i think it provides some kind of a cushion to that uh sorrow or grief mm. maybe you know what some kind in some way it sucks out the energy of it Hmm. Like sucks it out, and then what does it leave you with? Well, or is there is it endless? <laughs> I think he's sucking out. <laughs> no, 
it ain't it's not endless but the thing is that uh we we as we discussed in our last episode like any kind of sorrow grief or trauma it passes gradually like i was listening uh seeing this video on facebook recently uh, and uh the lady told that you know you need to feel your feelings as long as the they don't need to be felt anymore. Hmm. So like in that way, you, I would say well, by listening to the music, we are actually acknowledging those feelings and we're getting comfortable with those feelings at that moment. And I think when the song ends, we are in a better position. Like, you know, uh, when we say we don't keep on eating, we don't keep on bathing, we don't keep on sleeping all day we sleep we get up we said okay now next now on to the next one we have dinner we have lunch we have breakfast and then we say okay morning meals done on to the next one in the same way like we listen to the music and then we say okay that was sad but i'm feeling okay now on to the next one kind of that feeling right yeah it's can be a tricky one though because even all the other things that you you listed sometimes there's like you don't know when to stop or you're you're you get addicted to it so there's that you know sitting in the mire sitting in your you know negative emotions um and just like it there's something that feels good about them even though you feel really bad um you just like you become so identify with it that it can be difficult for you to want to step away from that and not not to entertain them, not think about everything you're thinking about or, or feeling everything you're feeling. So you just, you kind of just get lost in it. And I think that goes the same thing for oftentimes with like eating, like there's a, you know, you get a, pos a positive feedback, you know, when you're giving your body food, you're feeling nourished, you're feeling a little bit better. Maybe the food tastes good. I think taste is definitely something that adds that addictive quality to something. Mm -hmm. And then even though you're getting signals about being full, there's like a psychological addiction to what you're doing. And then, you know, that could also go with like watching TV or like anything, anything can be turned into an excess if we aren't willing to let go and, and to decide to move on from it. Mm -hmm. There's like, even though, change is like one of the most true things about being alive <laughs> being human <laughs> yeah. and you know witnessing nature it's still something that we really struggle with like we always you want to cling on to something that's solid and that is unchanging yet everything is always changing so i think that make, that makes it really difficult to like to get out of those those cycles especially if you do let yourself you know, stay, stay in the mire a little too long or, you know, watch that extra five episodes of a show that, <laughs> you know, like maybe you could be doing something else. No, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry for interrupting. What are you saying? Oh, no, if you, you can, yeah, okay. can carry the torch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the the certain points that you picked up i actually you know personally relate to them i i'll, I'll get to those so like you're saying that uh sometimes people you know identify with that and it gets hard for them to you know 
move on from it like listening to music they're doing it again and again and again and again feeling that feeling again and again uh what i believe is that the hair it comes down to the way a person perceives what is in their life one point and second point is like what if actually there was nothing uh, much more significant significant in their life like uh that they have to go to and not just stick with that sorrow or grief that they have for example like uh if a person is really possessive about someone in in a relationship if if their partner just breaks up with them or you know someone they love just passes away and they perceive them as their life so getting out of that well it becomes tricky as well as tough you know because a big part a big void because what i what came to my mind when you were talking was life can be a big void and we fill the void of life with many 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 things we have ourselves to take care of we have our family we have our belongings we have our relationships we have uh the community as a whole we have this earth to take care of you know the consciousness of our environment and climate change and everything so and i think the management of that things like what one thing how much one thing occupies how much of space one thing occupies in uh, your life i think life is all about that so may, might be sometimes person perceives as something as their whole life a big void of their their life is being filled by them so them or some person or something so when they go that big void that is left managing that void can be hard and tricky in a way like sometimes people have an awareness of like everything that is there and like i have this i have this to go to i have this to go to in that way the rearrangement happens it takes time though but it happens but sometimes people just look at the void and don't look at other things perception like what do we say so they just see the void and they perceive it you know what my whole life has nothing to do with like right now and that void gets automatically filled with like addictions with what not which can harm them and uh, the other point that i could relate to was there might nothing there might be nothing going on say for example uh, what i can i i would take my personal example as a child i didn't have many friends so i actually i think you know to a point i had this addiction of tv and food cuz i have actually uh had a bout of indigestion many times i would just eat and eat and eat and eat and <laughs> vomit it out at one point of time and uh, other than that just watching tv nothing else it's the tv is free just switch it on no, no nothing to play with no, uh, can't go out and things like that i had all much more stuff going on so <laughs> it's it's a long story so but i have had those things 
So, you know, at, as a child, there is not, not much significant going on. You don't like studying. You don't have much friends and the family is there, but that, that, that is all that it is. And you might not having, you, you might not be feeling that good living there, just your perception, the way you think. So you go to the next best thing that you feel good with. It's either TV or it's either food. It was for me. So, yeah. Yeah. No, those are really good examples. Um, you just keep making me think about um, that those things are really distractions. Yeah. You know, like they're not from the void mm -hmm. because the void, I know it's a, it's a tricky one because when you were describing it, it really made me um, see the negative aspect of staring into the void, which I consider myself to be a void stare. <laughs> Where I like will I will sit and I will stare into the void, and um, yeah, a lot of th things will come out of the void, and a lot of yourself goes into it as well. I don't really know how to explain it, um, but there's like that negative aspect of it, you know, allowing. There's this, that saying, isn't there? It's like if you stare into the void, the void will stare back into you. Yeah. And yeah. it's so true. It's like, it becomes a mirror for you. Mm -hmm. So whatever you, whatever you put into the void is going to reflect back at you. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, you could invest time in your family, your friends, your work. Um, but then at the end of the day, there's always that moment when there's nothing in particular to do. Uh, nothing that you really should be doing. There's a, there's a slowing down. There's, you know, we, we struggle as a society to slow down. And I think it's because there's that reluctance and fear even of, of sitting in front of the void without putting anything into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, you know, uh, I think it's what came to my mind is I think it has become a mentality of today's time that, you know, if you're setting free, you are actually good for nothing. And that that good for nothing has a very, very dangerously scarily, scary feeling attached to it if, if in, in the contemporary world. Good yeah, for if you're, yeah, if you're not a productive human or you're not contributing at, you know, at every moment, basically, to mm -hmm. the whole and society, then you're worthless. Yeah. And and that is an ingrained mentality into and into us today. And so uh, another way to look at it is is being afraid to be with yourself. Because, yeah. because as we said, you know, the void is reflecting back at you. It's reflecting you. It's you. And mm -hmm. and that's, a very difficult thing to sit with and to be with. And I know what I find for myself is those moments when I'm really looking for a distraction are the moments when the void is really calling me. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's going, come on, come on, like sit, like stop, you know, let the, let it settle. It's like when you shake up um, a jar that's got like dirt particles in it and it's just super cloudy and muddy, you're not going to be able to see 
anything through it. But if you were just place that jar on a table and allow all of that debris to settle, then it'll become clear. And that's that waiting for it to settle is the part that's really uncomfortable and is really scary for a lot of people because that means witnessing everything that is inside of you all of your all of your thoughts all of your fears all of your emotions and and they'll only be settled if they are witnessed because if you're not witnessing them you're shaking them <laughs> that's yep, what you're doing yep, absolutely <laughs> and then until it's settled then you could witness that clarity and then and then you move through that clarity Mm. And often um, that's when you'll get like inspired to do something you'll or maybe be inspired to do nothing where you actually are sitting there and you you finally enjoy sitting there. You finally notice that there's a bird singing in the tree next to you. You mm. finally notice that this whole time you've been sitting and looking at a tree that you hadn't noticed was there and then and then taking that um mentality into the tree and maybe wondering wow like how long has this tree been sitting here noticing me <laughs> you know <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. infinitely mm. like in their time because trees are like everything all the world moves around them so if, if they are witnessing us they have they have that full capacity to do so all the time mm -hmm. and so it takes that awareness outside of yourself yeah and and that's that's a lot of what we lose when we are constantly pulling things in to distract us is is we're losing that that outward perspective yeah that's that's very true and you know what uh, i think the analogy that you said you know we're shaking the jar with which has water and which is which has muddy water in it and uh we should sometimes you we need to uh settle it down for the debris to settle down what what other point came to my mind was sometimes that would happen the work the feeling of good for nothing being completely worthless sometimes in in today's time maybe it happens due to us comparing our jars like if we were to imagine our jar uh our life as a jar with that thing that you said sometimes comparing oh my god that person's jar is muddier than me and he's shaking it he or she is shaking it a lot more than me that person is a little less but he's still shaking why am i sitting like that should i be doing like that is it right is it wrong i'm confused yeah and that that kind of thing has been for a long time like I don't know if it is is it industrialization is it a thing of industrialization or what but why is there so much of mental health awareness coming in right now because this has had become a pandemic since last some time now we are used to living our lives in a certain way with you know that shaking that things going on all around our life uh, affecting our relations and affecting everything else we we are used to that there that disturbance coming around so settling it down everything becoming normal has actually uh become a thing to be feared uh, it's 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 like, weird though but like but when you say becoming normal what do you mean 
like going back to way things the back to the way things were or um no no yeah. like, like uh, when we talk about you know generation gap our parents would say you know our life was like this this was the price of uh, eggs this was the price of the grocery and things and we would walk and we would bicycle and our parents would do this for us and today's time like you know we don't even have time we have more aspirations less money and some things like that and you know that has affected our relationships our house life in a way that you know being in sometimes being in stress being burnt is see, is perceived as a sign of productivity and if someone is not doing something if someone is like settled down that is seen as you know oh my god i'm not being productive am i being wrong am i being a good father am i being a good son am i being a good worker am i being a good person so viewing things in that light comparing to others also so that has actually changed the way we are living i might have confused you there no no totally no um i i see what you're saying yeah it's the the focus is on being a productive human being um over everything else really yeah um even even and you know in reference to like the self-care and mental health things that are coming up even more important than our own mental health right yeah. more important than taking care of ourselves um uh, you you made me think about um what like what do what do i really like about spending time with another human being like what what is what is valuable in participating in the world at least for me and and it's not any of that productive stuff. It's 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 always like every single time it's about that person being present and and talking to them and like, you know, yeah, sharing an experience together. Yeah. And and there's so many times that even when we're not actively in that produ producing mentality uh, and like, you know, you're actually physically doing the thing, it's still happening in your head. So you could be with someone and they're not with you because their head, their thoughts are somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They're they're focusing on and something that they deem to be more important. When really, you know, here you are in this beautiful opportunity to create something together, um, have a conversation, share share wisdom, or share that new experience together. Um, which yeah when you're constantly moving around or when you're distracted in your head is something that you miss out on absolutely absolutely like uh i was reading something yesterday i don't know where but it it, it talked about that you know uh the life happens in this moment it's not in the past, it's not in your future, but it's happening right now. So like you talked about sharing the experience and being present, that actually has become the problem too. We might be, you know, talked about sharing the experience, but 
we also ha have a worry about that productivity going on all the time. That is, that affects a lot. Oh yeah. Or what, whatever it is that you are, I think that your, your comment about the comparison is really key because, because it's not even necessarily just that producing mentality, but where, where are you in your mind comparing yourself to something else, someone else, you know, you know, the grass is greener on the other side kind of thing, right? Like, like, it's so hard for us to be present with each other. Yeah, because we're so worried that we're not enough. Mm. I think that's what it is, is this we're so worried that we because we look outside of ourselves, and we see other people on the outside doing what we have agreed to as being well and good in mm. the world um, that we don't see ourselves that way. So we must be doing something wrong. Whereas more often than not, if you were to go and be that person that you're comparing yourself to, you're going to find so many parts of that person that is looking outside of themselves to someone else and comparing themselves. And they feel inadequate in that way. Maybe they're a really successful entrepreneur, but they just like, they can't be a good dad. And that's the thing that bothers them. That's the thing that they're running away from, you know? So mm -hmm. we're, we're also really like shining all these things in a negative light, but there is, there is a positive aspect that too as well. And that's to like, like when we do look outside of ourselves and we do compare mm -hmm. to, to, to remember that first of all, there's no true comparison. Yep. There's none, like you, you can't even compare yourself to yourself yesterday Absolutely. because you, you are so different. Every moment you are different and changing and, and also like there's, there can be positive things about that as well. You know, what, well, instead of like looking at your inadequacies you could look at the other person and lift them up you know and go wow you know what that's really great that they're doing that you know that's inspiring mm. and be inspired rather than turn it in on yourself and cut yourself down you know oh that person's more successful than me i hate them versus like wow they have a lot of charisma and i wonder where that comes from and do I have charisma? You know, like what, what in me is good? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what do I have? Cause like, cause we all have different gifts. Yeah. We all have different strengths and their, you know, their shadow, which is weakness, which mm. is also strength, which mm. is, is strength misunderstood. Yeah. Because, because that's usually the thing that we're comparing to something else. We're comparing it to something that seems strong and positive and really it, it's a thing in itself that needs to be considered. Yep. yep. You know, mm -hmm. anything that is given like, a, you know, a positive or negative value is ultimately being compared to something <laughs> because yeah. without comparison, if like you Gersamar existed all alone and there was nothing to compare yourself to, then, you know, are you good enough? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yes, there, there is like, uh, you know, pos positivity to come with that too. Because uh, many of the motivational speakers, they talk about, uh, you know, there being a good stress, there being a bad stress, there being a good fear, there being a bad fear. So everything has its positives as well. 
and even like looking at the big picture we talk often talk about the balance of positive and negative right and wrong and whatnot but understanding it from i would say I, i'm sorry i'm bringing religion a little bit more just philosophically sure. so re, through religious philosophy if we are seeing that there is talking about it in economics way everybody's duty is someone's right like your right is fulfilled by someone's duty in the same way like what we see as not good for us un unintentionally it is in some way a good for someone i'll give you an analogy for example we all know that there are thieves and robbers in this world but those are human beings as well what are they actually doing of that for example i am an engineer i am working at a firm what i work for it gives me money and through that money i'm able to feed clothe and shelter myself a thief breaks into my house breaks into my uh, office takes the money what is that thief or robber doing of that he's trying to feed feed clothe and shelter himself and his family probably but there's a comparison that is happening that you know this is the right work this is the this is the wrong work which is like valid to a certain point of time but in the big picture of things what is actually happening somebody is in an unintentional way doing some productive thing for someone else it might be counterproductive for themselves but it is productive for someone else who did it who actually caused the counterproductive uh, reaction to not not reaction counterproductive effect through their work on the person yeah it's 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 a lot to you know wrap your head around well i think just the last part um the counterproductive and like where where are you going with that can you can you explain that a little bit more well think see uh the thing is looking at it emotionally you know cuz uh if you get robbed at gunpoint it is counterproductive to you emotionally it takes you really bad it shakes you in a really bad way you're not in good terms with yourself and with the world for a long time because of that experience but like with the money that he took from the, the that person took from you on gunpoint what did they use it for some of them might be doing it out of you know uh uh i don't even i lost my language i lost my like words out of necessity out of necessity like, yeah they, yeah they don't have a good job they don't have anything to live by so they all they can't do anything but to you know rob or steal to feed themselves maybe to feed their families not not all of them are like that but that that's that's what they're doing out of necessity it's counterproductive on you their work has been counterproductive on you but somehow they they got pr- productive effect out of it so 
so this is what you're making this is like it's kind of like a little offshoot of what you're talking about but um because i i keep getting stuck on that mentality of um of someone stealing from you and i i don't know if i feel like the listeners are picking up on that too because it's like there is that negative feeling of like yeah someone's coming to your house and they're robbing from you clearly that's bad yeah and what what i keep thinking of is, is um the people that steal from us all the time that um that they appear to be doing it in an accepted form and that's like our corporations <laughs> you know that's like a really big example um you know banks people that lie to you um in you know in the disguise of a business that is supposedly there to help you and make you safe um but what they're first doing is they're taking away your security um the example that's coming to my brain is cosmetics because um what like makeup and things do is like they can yeah they can like enhance they can be used for theater there's a lot of different aspects but one of the primarily uh primary things that they do is they first tell you that you're not good enough without makeup on but they don't say that they don't say you're ugly <laughs> you know but um they so they take away the insecure your security with yourself mm -hmm. which is essentially you know breaking into your home and then and then they say oh but here here you can buy this from us and it will make you feel more confident and beautiful now you can cover up all those blemishes you can you know enhance your eyes and make you more attractive when without that product being there your blemishes in your eyes were just a part of you and they're fine and you know people might notice it right away they might notice that, but then once you start actually interacting with another human being, those things kind of like, are they, are they important? You know? So it's this, there's this weight of like someone designating something as being important when it doesn't have to be. And, and then taking something from you that's innate, like your own confidence, just in being who you are and living in the world and having your face, you know, and mm. then someone, yeah, so there's like there's those those robbers, the obvious ones, mm. the bank robbers. But mm. then there's the the, uh, the not so obvious ones, the people that are selling you cosmetics. Mm. You know, the people that are saying follow the new trend of clothing. You know, you have to be in style. Mm. What does that even mean? That doesn't mean anything. You can be whatever style you want, whatever makes you feel good. You know, but there's going to be someone from the outside telling you that you look ugly well are you gonna let that affect you or are you just gonna just walk in your shoes you know like own them <laughs> 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 i don't know why those examples came because i don't particularly wear makeup um i do it for fun mm -hmm. <laughs> but but i think yeah it's it's a it's a really obvious example oh. well you know what the the example that you brought up actually you shed light on the negative aspect of the stealing. Hmm. I, I think I was wrong actually when I said, you know, in the big picture, it doesn't matter, but it actually might matter when robbing and stealing becomes to this way, when it is an organized thing and it's done subtly and it's not to feed, but it's to become a name. It's to become, you know, wealthy. Yeah, it's like a parasitic, parasitic energy that comes with, with that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know. So like on the, on the note of like maybe stealing being a positive thing, I think what you were, what you were really leading towards is that like, we're all human and there's so many different ways to live in the world and be human. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're put pushed into a position where you have to steal mm-hmm. to, to support yourself. Yeah. And, you know, someone else seeing that, that, you know, the first thought is stealing is a bad, bad, stealing is bad Absolutely. But for that, for that person that they were put into a corner. You don't know their story. You don't know who they are on the inside. Um, and a lot of people will say like, I don't care. There's like a line, you know, stealing is stealing. They should have done this. They should have done that. But you can never really say those things authentically unless you are the person that is experiencing that thing. Absolutely. No, absolutely. You, no matter how much you might understand it, you, you, you know, as what you said on the first podcast, like the only the person that goes through the mess knows the mess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, completely. Well, and saying so, like I have worked at convenience stores. I have seen this thing, a shoplifting and robbing firsthand. At the point when this is happening, all you have for the person who is doing it is, you know, I wish I could kill him in 12 different ways, him or her, seriously. I wish I could hang him or her. I wish I could, you know, do whatever the bad I could because they caused me distress. But, and that that is like, okay, that is completely acceptable because that is the reaction that happens. That's natural. Yeah, no. you know what you're making me think of, if, if you don't mind me interjecting. Yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because we, we've kind of latched on to that theme of stealing, mm-hmm. whereas there's other ways that cause us distress. Like, um, you made me think about like an overbearing parent who um, is just like always criticizing you, for instance, or, or, they, or they don't know you're there, or they yell at you, or, you know, like in an extreme situation, there's like physical abuse, or there's sexual abuse and um that is very clear like clearly wrong for the person that's experiencing that and then it's so it's so easy to antagonize the other person and go that person is bad and that is wrong and and this and that and while those those actions are not good mm-hmm. um that person there is a reason why that they are behaving that way. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps they grew up in an abusive home. Yeah. And, and, and this is where it gets really difficult because, because now we're, we're looking at the perpetrator and we're saying we're giving, we're humanizing them. And we're saying that, oh, because they're human and they have gone through difficult experiences, what that makes how they treated me. Okay. No, that's not okay. No. And, and the, the, the truth is, yeah, when that's passed along, that is not okay. Um, but the first thing to do is to like, yeah, to acknowledge that that person is human. And, and you know, once that person is heard, when they are able to speak and actually be listened to, you know, listen to their side of the story in a, in a non-biased like way and, and to receive compassion, I... 
that that you know not for everyone obviously but there's a lot of there's a lot of cases where because they've never received that type of attention and compassion and, and a listening ear that suddenly a flood of everything that they have done you know comes back to them and yeah. then now they can feel that remorse and then they realize because there's there's a detachment when you're when you're behaving that way you are detached from who you're hurting you're not thinking about i'm causing that person distress like when mm. that person comes to rob your store they're not thinking that that person is going to be in distress and that's a bad thing because mm -hmm. they can't because if they did think that they wouldn't be able to rob the store absolutely absolutely and you know there's something that is driving to do that to do that just like you know that abusive person that abusive parent perhaps they're being driven to do that thing and if they had the capacity to acknowledge your humanity they wouldn't be able to do that because mm -hmm. they would realize how horrible and painful that is absolutely absolutely like you know this brings me back to the thing about that i talked about earlier about you know life being a void and what it is filled with so like there's also a thing what goes around comes around how you what you get is what you give and like if a person has been there he's seen that he or she they perceive this thing something as normal you know being an abusive parent usually comes from you know when you have seen abuse and it is justified in some way when it's justified it you completely in your back of the brain it seems like it's you know normal to be because we say that sometimes don't look at the actions look at the intentions but actions are causing negative effect what about that also like uh speaking on a larger scale i would uh point to something specific here like sometimes even people like robbing and stealing of, of course is bad and some people do out of necessity but there are some people who are habitual not genetically but they become habitual of that just maybe to fill a void mm -hmm. and in that case like they are not programmed to do that way they are just doing it to feel good in some way yeah. which is which which is a negative uh what do we say which is a negative thing which is not a good thing well for them that's a good thing because mm -hmm. they're feeling good it's like it's like listening to that good music <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's giving them that energy and motivation um but they're not they're not considering or allowing themselves to feel the consequences of their action. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that makes you think of a grander scale as well, where like larger oppress oppression of groups, you know? Yeah. Like when there's, yeah, there's people that are, they're asking to be seen and for their humanity to be seen. Mm -hmm. And there's like an even larger group out there that's going like, no, we won't witness your humanity. You know, what about our humanity? And then they, they turn it back on themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and and so there's this like a shutting down. Yeah, there's, you know, there's like there, that oppressor, the oppressor can shut down the people that are being asked to be seen. Yeah. And then that can, you know, spur on, you know, a negative response because because what can they do to be seen? You know, how how can you finally hear me? And there's like there's 
hundreds of years of human history where people have been oppressed and and you know they're not being listened to and 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 then that becomes normalized you know yes. and then and then other people are taught to do that so there's there's not just like that one you know you have your your individual instance of an oppressor like abusing a, a single person but then mm. there's a whole culture of people that are oppressors and like you said too like it's not it's it's unconscious now because it's been taught that way it's like oh we're a family of stealers that's what we do we steal you know mm -hmm. we're a family of this we're a culture of oppressors in a mm -hmm. huge way and and that is it's so unconscious that we don't even know that we're doing it mm -hmm. and and that you know when especially when like the black lives matter um uh progression started happening that was there was all this awareness of you know in in all of our individual lives of like oh wow there's like these things i didn't even know i was doing and that's that moment of acknowledging the humanity in another mm -hmm. person and feeling that compassion but then also feeling that backlash of remorse mm -hmm. and grief grief and like feeling like oh no i was the perpetrator you know like when we were talking about in the previous episode how we play all roles mm -hmm. for yeah. all different people mm -hmm. well that is a moment where we are we are the villain you yeah. know and that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow you mm -hmm. know as for an individual person and for a society yes. and 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 it's not it's not going to go down easy either because there's a lot of you know someone tells you you're doing something wrong and then you know it you finally know it then then there's this moment where you like no but you know you put up a, a wall and then you 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 say the opposite you're like no i'm not doing it wrong like there's there's a part of um your you're lying to yourself you know you're there's denial it's the denial. stages of recovery yes. you're that's that's the word you're you're denying it because you, you can't ex it's so difficult for you to look that truth in the eye to stare in that void yeah. it's so hard that you have to deny it before you can accept it mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah 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 there is a lot of it you know uh i was just thinking about this thing you know uh it it is said that it takes a village to raise a child and you were talking about you know change being the only constant in life and even that change sometimes not not sometimes every time in these type of situations it always takes a generation to bring about the change yeah it takes a moment to think change but to bring about the change it always takes a generation because oh yeah yeah the oppression sometimes we are talking about you talked about the black lives matter and that has not been taking place for one generation that has taken place now at this time for generations and generations and generations yeah. black lives matter and there have been other things as well in other places of the world there's same thing going on at a smaller or a larger scale thinking is one thing acting on it is another thing realizing it is the hardest thing and it takes generations and generations as well yeah because mm -hmm. there's there's like um there's like an evolving of the human dna and consciousness yeah and that's not something that can happen it can't happen overnight and it also can't happen on like just at an individual scale and you mm. call it a day like yeah. we can't individually just decide we're going to change and then and that's it and that's all 
but we can decide to change individually. And that's really important. That's the thing is like, it's important to do that individual change so that you teach the people around you mm. that that's, that's the proper way of behaving or, you know, don't know how else to say that, but like you teach your children, you, your, your being in the world shows other people how to be in the world. And, and that's something that takes time to develop, you know? Mm. Yeah. I was thinking about this, you know, uh, in this by gone by week, because I've witnessed this. I have been, a, I won't say victim. I have been in that place myself as well. Like, uh, sometimes, you know, we talk about, uh, doing the things right. Say uh, something as simple as, uh, you know, not throwing your garbage on the road or anywhere else. And we say, you know what? It, we should keep our roads clean. We should do this. We should do that. <coughs> oh. And uh, we post a lot of things on social media. We share the posters and everything. But outside, we, we are even discussing it, you know, when we sit in friends. Like, if the government does this, this happens. If we do that, this this will happen. And when we go outside, just throw the garbage on the road or on somewhere else. Like when when we see someone doing that same thing, actually, we say, "Wow, man, that how is that? How is that person doing this? I can't do this." We have been talking. Like, say, I would take my example. I I talk about this. Uh, you know, keeping the environment clean, climate change, carbon emissions. Uh, lowering down, keeping healthy and things on social media with my friends, but I go out and I don't care about it. And when I see someone do this and I would say, how are they even doing it? Well, I have been talking, why am I not doing it? That's the thing. So in a way, like if a person can become an inspiration, like person becomes an inspiration by doing. There's a lot of, you know, talking about where, where so, someone like me lectures people, tells people to do this and do that. But as long as uh, we are not doing it ourselves, people will not listen to us, whatever, like we might have the highest of thoughts. But yeah. if actions are not present, people will just take the, uh, listen it from one ear and throw it out from the other one. I have been yeah. there. L lots of lectures, no action, it won't affect. Little action. Yeah when you become the inspiration and then people are willing to listen to you and do it. You, you're making me think about your uh, your analogy that you shared before we started recording. So uh, can you share that one again with the water? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I was talking about a tube well back in India, like we, we I come from the state of Punjab and it's, it's, it's pretty scenic when you drive from one city to the other because there are fields all around the roadside and the way to irrigate the fields, there are bore wells and there are tube wells. So the tube well is something like, where is it? Yeah. Imagine pipe of this diameter, double or triple it. And there's water coming out of it. So uh, once what happened was we were traveling from my city to some other city and this tube well came in the way and there was water coming out of it. We thought, you know what? And that water is good. That water is fresh. So uh, we can use it to drink. We can bathe in 
the bucket thing that is around it sometimes that is built and it it is uh, gradually left into the fields to irrigate the fields so uh, we thought you know what let's just drink drink from it experience how the water is so what i thought from there was if the if there would have been no water coming we wouldn't have stopped we were traveling in a car we wouldn't have stopped there to like you know drink it we would we were thirsty and there was no nothing coming out from there so we wouldn't have stopped we wouldn't have cared hoot about it yeah and if there was someone like standing out there with a sign that said this is where water comes out mm -hmm. you know but there was no water to be had you mm -hmm. wouldn't stop because you know where's where's that truth in the world you know you can say it all you want but if you're not if it doesn't actually exist in the world then it doesn't exist you know yeah yeah like you're not gonna stop and drink at a pipe that doesn't have water coming out of it yeah. <laughs> we, like, yeah we might read the board okay we'll come back when it comes out yeah but you're <laughs> like heading you know you're on a mission yeah you're you're moving through the world so if that thing isn't there and readily available to you when you need it you're not mm -hmm. going to stop and wait for it you know you're yeah. not going to turn around and go back to it you're going to get you're going to drink from the next available source of water yeah absolutely and yeah uh, what was i going to say and yeah that coming back to the doing of actions and the actions will be effective only if we are doing it for ourselves consistently that is when people look at us not to show because <laughs> if we're showing we can do it once we can do it twice we can do it three times with a lot of difficulty fourth time oh my goodness oh my god no one's yeah. let it be oh my goodness it's so true it's that it's this commitment to do it you know to follow through on it no matter what the difficulties arise yeah. And you, you reminded me of like my, my dance journey, mm -hmm. because uh, when I started dancing, I was like, so excited about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a belly dancer. And then I learned bongra. I'm like, I'm going to do bongra. I'm going to, you know, just in someday I'm going to teach these things. And then like, you know, after two years of dancing, you know, and you know, watching that maybe there wasn't any like visible progress, you know, like when you start learning something, there's the, the learning curve, right? So like, it might take a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you really start to catch it. And that curve goes up, but then you reach another plateau. Mm -hmm. And then there it's, it's because that doesn't seem like there's anything happening necessarily. Um, so you interpret that as being that same level down here where you started where you're like, Oh, now I'm like, like, I'm not growing anymore. What's the point? Uh, even though you have that desire to do that thing, mm -hmm. there's there's this like sudden lack of motivation, perhaps, or or dread, you know, that there's going to be so much work, or you're never going to get there because all you can see is now, and you just can't you can't see past that line. Mm -hmm. um, and so during my dance journey, I just had to keep reminding myself that um, I just just to stick with it, you know, even if I felt inadequate, which I felt inadequate a lot. Mm -hmm. And I would compare myself, I go, well, you know, but that person's been dancing longer than me, you know, and I'm still new at this or like, I, I'm also like unique, because like everyone else, you know, so it, I'm going to learn in a different way and, and move in a different way, you yeah, know, absolutely. and, and so like, even after like five years of dancing, there is still that like comparison with myself going, 
oh, I, you know, I'm not mass, I'm not a master, you know, <laughs> like, why am I not a master belly dancer yet? But then now it's been, it's been 10 years. And, and there's like this, you know, it's now become who I am, you know, like, it's, it's so in, integrated into how I move in the world, that there's even a forgetting of what it was like to be a beginner because those you know i have to like consciously remind myself what it was like to be a beginner or watch a video or something (laughs) (laughs) because because now it's it's who you are um and so there's that yeah there's that very delicate timeline of of learning something or doing something new learning how to you know be more conscious of the environment, for instance, and, you know, two years of doing it, you don't think you're making much of a difference. Well, you got to think a little bit further down the line. And if you're consistent enough, if you're consistent enough, then it will become who you are. In 10 years, that'll be who you are, if it's something that you truly want to stick with. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. And it's really, it's not something you can track, I don't think. Like, I, you know, I gave it a timeline, but it's, it's, it's imperceptible because uh, I don't know if we had mentioned it before, but there's like that when you're, when you're experiencing something, you're not reflecting on it because yeah. to reflect on it means you have to stop experiencing and look at it. So those two things can't happen at the same time. You can't be working towards something and constantly be reflecting on it. Cause then you're not consistently working towards it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, a quote came to my mind reflection is analysis of experience Mm, yeah reflection is analysis of experience totally and and the the, uh, thing about uh, being uh, you know that uh, you identifying yourself with what you are doing that is so true because uh, if I talk about myself, I wasn't a very people's person and I started a job at a convenience store and it involved multitasking, being good with the people and managing so much. And I would dread that. Like I have had many slip ups. I have had like many times uh, that I've caused loss to my manager, but slowly and steadily, because I was doing it consistently, I became good and I'm so easy at it right now. I'm I can talk to people I know how to, you know, manage things around and I can teach people how to do that. But the thing is, I never know. I didn't know when, what was the moment, what was the day that, you know, out of all of a sudden that I learned it, it's, it's never there. It's like always that small efforts, consistent efforts being doing the same thing over and over and over again, that makes you who you are. Like, you were talking about being a master belly dancer. What, <laughs> what came to my mind was, you don't call yourself a master. Master is something of a perception of the people who see you. It's just that, you know, uh, for example, uh, if I'm look, looking up to someone as an actor, I probably that actor has been in the in the acting field for a long time and he has a name for themselves oh why why am i saying he he or she has a name for themselves 
has been doing it consistently. That's why I look up to them. That I call someone the master or the, the expert in, in this. And uh, God, yeah. I lost my <laughs> train of no, thought. But you're so right, though. And like, you really like highlighting something in myself. And it's actually helping me feel a little bit better because like, because <laughs> it's hard to, it's so easy to be hard on yourself, right? It's so easy Absolutely. to turn back and say, I'm not good enough yet, you know, and, or I'll never be good enough. Like every single time you try, it just doesn't seem to work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's another saying too, where um, fall down seven times, get up eight. Yeah. So there's this fear of falling down. There's this fear of failure that is is very prevalent in you know being human, really, just in general. I would say, um, where oh, some somewhere along the line we develop this fear of failing, and the truth is is that you're going to fail. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to fail a lot if you act in the world. If you're not going to act in the world. Then maybe you won't fail very much, but maybe that inaction could be considered a, a failure. You know, there's a missed mark there. Mm -hmm. But like the truth is, for anyone that has been successful, and that I'm gonna let that be a loose term, whatever you define to be successful. You know, a good parent, or you know, happy, or you know, maybe built a big company or something. Those people have failed a lot, and you know the difference between them and someone who maybe isn't doing it as well is that they got up and they did it again they yeah. tried again you know they kept they kept trying mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely, and that's yeah. like yeah and the, the truth too is that the more that you fall down the better at falling you're gonna get <laughs> you know it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna hurt as much because you're gonna get you know tougher because of it yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, there's a saying by Thomas Edison. I didn't fail. I discovered 10,000 ways of how you cannot make a bulb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Will Smith in one of his uh, videos, he said that, you know, fail early, fail often, fail forward, because that's the only way you're going to reach the top. Mm. yeah that's great there's one that keeps coming to mind and i don't know if it's like directly rel related to the failure but it's something that's been coming up to me i have this little like zen book mm -hmm. um where i just will open it randomly and, and read whatever quotes are on it and there's this one that comes up a lot actually and it's i'll try to paraphrase it because i don't know exactly but when a buffalo passes through a window its head goes through its body goes through why not also its tail so there's there's something about um you know if if someone has succeeded in something well why not you why can't you do it too you know or if you are able to be accomplished in all these other areas in your life why can't you be accomplished in this area also yep it's it's a rhetorical question really it's like yes you can pass through you can all of you can pass through you can do it and that like positive attitude also is is very helpful in that you know and and being 
yeah, feeling optimistic about it, even if you're getting evidence back that is negative, you know, but just regarding it, you know, you, the void is going to give you what you put into it and what you pay attention to, right? So if you're paying it, if you're putting in negativity, it's going to give you negativity. It's that feedback, you know, what you give, what you get. So if you're paying attention to optimism and you are getting up and you're trying your best, that's what you're going to get. You're going to just, that's, you know, it's going to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was actually, you know, thinking about some things that related to that only going on in my life and how I need to uh, change my perspective on it and start working again. Because like I've been away away from it for some time. He said, you know, there's a lot of things going on on my brain. Yeah, but that that really helps. Thank you. <laughs> yes, well, you're welcome. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that thing always, you know, is happening all around me, but it never really affected me. It's the same thing it has come up in many other ways, but it's not really affecting me. And today I just had a little bit of effect on me. Not all, but yes. I might I might try doing some doing that that thing optimistically and maybe going forward with it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the truth is is like does it hurt to be optimistic? <laughs> is it like is it hurting you? No, no. No, it feels good actually. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's what you're doing is you're like believing in something, you know, mm-hmm. and it's okay to believe in something. Actually, it's it's good to believe in something, because if you don't believe in in something, then what do you what are you working towards, or like what do you, you know, it's like that beacon in your life, right? Like you gotta believe in it. You gotta believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Hey everyone, thank you so very much for listening. We hope it was of some value to you. This podcast is about us expressing our own thoughts and we do not intend to harm or hurt any individual or community's feelings or beliefs. Please let us know in the comment section below what you think or if you have any topics that you want us to talk about. We're eager to hear from you. Please give us a thumbs up if you liked us. Subscribe to our channel and press the bell icon so that you can get notified when we post new content. If someone came to your mind while listening to us, please share this with them right now. Spread the word. This is Gursumar Singh, signing off things right now with my fellow deep thinker, Samantha Jolene. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.